Hi there, Brian here. Thanks for joining me in another of our acclaimed franchise radio shows. Today's today's another special one because I've got I've got a guy I met some years ago. I've been meaning to contact him for ages. Lost him in the in the social sort of uh, uh, space that is all of our digital world. But today I've got Matt Jones with me, and Matt is a man who's quite outstanding in what he does and in a space that is in dire need of support. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll tell you why in a minute, you'll understand. Um, so uh, basically with, with Matt, what he, what he does is he's got a, he's formerly a plumber. So he comes from the background of understanding hands on the tools and so forth. And he runs this amazing boutique sort of digital agency. It's aimed at tradies. Um, he calls his website Tradie Web Guys, which seems quite appropriate to me. Um, so he helps businesses to sort of shorten their sales cycles, uh, get awareness out with the public and so forth. And he also runs, and this is what I suppose synchronizes with me, one of the world's top 10 trade business podcasts, the Site Shed. Um, and they run through a whole wide range of things. And you can listen to this platform free on any on the private Facebook groups and any of those uh, social media spaces. And he's got um, over 6,000 global trade businesses or owners that are, are on that group. So the point I'd like to make here is whilst we call this who Google says you are now, and uh, the point I suppose is you're not who you say you are, you're who Google says you are, that's the point. But my point is that this is far broader than just, just people who are traders. Um, um, I mean, Matt endorses or gets involved with the building industry in any way, construction companies, but the principles he talks about apply to most businesses, whether you're active online now or should be more so. There's a lot of information here, I think, that you that you should, should be referring to. So, um, Matt, brilliant to have you. Thanks very much for making time available. You bet. Good to uh, finally get here on this recording. <laughs> we get we 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 get we get together eventually so um i just wonder if we could just kick off to give people an idea of what what we're going to be running through in our chat is what are the biggest sort of problems and pain points that you see uh, with the businesses that you look at yeah well i mean look there was titled this when you asked me what sort of topic we, we could talk about you know the topic of you're not who you say you are you're who google says you are is always um, an interesting one in this day and age, and largely uh, because, you know, unlike 15, 20 odd years ago, where, you know, word of mouth was good enough, today, um, word of mouth is uh, the, first, the first part of the jump on your phone to check who they've referred um, ecosystem, where, you know, if you're not reputable, if you're not professionally represented um, on, in the digital space, you're only one click away from from someone who is one of your competitors who is so you're right in saying that this is completely relevant to any business um obviously our focus is is very much niche towards trade businesses contractors home service um you know businesses um however uh, the information that i'm going to be sharing with you guys today is going to be pretty relevant across the board um i suppose at the crux of it you know you and again certainly relevant to any vertical or any industry um you know you could be the best doctor lawyer uh plumber builder um whatever in the world um but if you if you're not good at telling your story if you're not good at communicating it um then 
you know, it, you're, you're never going to run a successful business. And I mean, it's, it, it's almost a prophecy, you know, like these super successful businesses that are oh, well, super successful tradespeople that are so good at their craft and they think, right, well, that's a green light to go out and run my own business. And as soon as they do, they, you know, they drop the ball. And I know this is very much in your space, Brian, with the whole franchise side of things. And it's, um, um, you know, I know we've got a lot of, a lot of listeners that are super interested in that, in, in that sort of thing as well, because they're the kind of things you don't really get taught when you're going through your technical college, TAFE, you know, where, whatever it is, wherever you are around the world. So um, yeah, today, I suppose the goals for me is just to communicate a few things. Um, first and foremost, that um, I'm going to run through some framework for you guys on how you can be relevant and, and you can create, I suppose, content that builds trust and rapport with your competitors. And on the flip side of that, build in a way which um, the, our lovely friends over at Google um, appreciate and want to see. So um, buckle in. That's, yeah, so, sorry, sorry, break in there. Yeah, that's excellent. And, and when you talk about you know the relevance from 10 years ago or 20 years ago, I think now it's the relevance from two years or 18 months ago. Um, mm. In conversations I'm having with people across the board in all sorts of sectors, whether they're professionals in the medical area, consulting, whether they're out there as contractors, um, the reality is that things have changed so much in the last two years um, and everybody has accepted digitization who previously were perhaps suspicious about it. You know, the people that I've talked to use Zoom is, uh, is magnificent. In fact, I should be on their payroll. And the reality, the reality is that people are now comfortable in that space. And 80% of businesses think they were in good shape or th thought they were in good shape in 2020 don't realize they think they can keep sort of bumping along and doing a tweak here and there. The fact is, I'm afraid that I think they're drifting off down into the never, never land. And uh, that's something I know you're, you're, well, you're well versed in with what you do. So I suppose looking at that, um, what, what are the, some of the major problems you're trying to help us overcome as well when we look at these issues you just raised? Well, I mean, what you've just mentioned there is, is essentially the paradigm that business owners, if they haven't yet confronted, they will at some point. And that is, I suppose, that mindset around, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always had. And, you know, it, it is a changing landscape. And when you look at, like you've said, over the last 18 months, two years with, you know, the introduction of, um, you know, global pandemics and all these work from home policies and all these kind of things, it has brought a, a significant realisation to, um, well, it, it's brought a forced realisation to processes that may not have otherwise been followed previously. And I know this because, you know, we, for the last 10 years, I've been running a remote business um, and I've been preaching this stuff for <laughs> a long time. And all of a sudden <laughs> I've got people <clears throat> emailing me and pinging me on messenger saying, Hey, what about, what was that thing you mentioned, uh, you know, a couple of years back about doing virtual meetings and stuff. And so now, like you say, now all of a sudden everyone's been forced into a, into a position where they've like it or not had to become comfortable with it and along along with that journey has become i think people have made it's made them realize oh maybe there is a better way of doing things maybe what i've been doing for the last 40 years in my building business is a little bit dated you know maybe i should stop using a carbon fiber invoice book maybe i should you know <laughs> all these kind of things right so um there's this evolution you know that's been brought about by forced change, which 
in truth, is not a bad thing. You know, if you look at the, some of the positive things that have come out of this whole, you know, global pandemic situation, uh, and and, I, and I'll say as well, I, I, I was asked by the Sydney Morning Herald, you know, when this whole pandemic thing kicked off about, you know, what, what the likely, um, you know, what my thoughts are of, of, you know, the likely outcomes of something, you know, like this. And, and I regretted saying it as soon as I said it, and and and, I've, and I thought, well, I've said it now. It's already been published, but I might just sit on this and hope hope to hope to hell I'm I'm right. But I basically said, well, look, in truth, you put whenever there's a, a crisis like this, uh, you know, never never waste a crisis. There's always businesses that are going to take this as an opportunity to be better, and then there's going to be businesses that are going to take this as an opportunity to go and you know basically throw their hands up and put their hand out to the government and you know so on and so forth. And those businesses that really took it as an opportunity to improve, they did embrace these things. And they thought, okay, well, now this is maybe a chance that we can shut this ridiculous office down that we don't need. And we can, you know, we can, instead of using this ridiculous um, invoicing system, we can, you know, we can all turn it all into an app. And maybe I can now start getting some some outsourced team members in different locations and now, and in order to do that, we have to create some processes that, you know, can make them understand what they need to be doing each day. And all of a sudden, you know, it's brought about this whole ecosystem of consideration. And, you know, the, and, and sure enough, um, you know, off the back of the pandemic, I mean, I'll say off the back of it, unless you're in Western Australia, of course, which is not quite there, but it will well, be a few weeks. They're catching up. Yeah, they're catching up, yeah. Um, you know, and that's what's happened. You know, a lot of these businesses have really like moved forward. And I mean, I look at even our, you know, our own business and, you know, we're just having this forced time where, you, where we had to basically apply, you know, all this attention to, you know, strategy and process related, you know, conversations. Like it's, it's the reason we've been able to, you know, since November employ 18 full-time staff members in our, in our business, because we've just, it's, it's just basically been able to provide that, that, that runway. So the, I suppose at the crux of this conversation, you know, that's a slight segue, but um, the point is, you know, if you're wanting, you, you need to, you need to be where your clients are looking for you. And, you know, 20 odd years ago, you know, that that might have been through a referral and it still might be from a referral, but you just please need to under, you need to consider that whole, the customer journey and what that ecosystem looks like from the moment they get referred in today's landscape. Because I can tell you statistically, and we've run this poll over and over again, like if somebody gives you a, a, a referral, eight out of 10 times, they're going to Google you before they call you. So, um and, and this is what we as well, we, we call like there's conversion that you can see from a marketing perspective and there's conversion you can't see. And, you know, a lot of what we're going to be talking about today and a lot about a lot of what we talk about, you know, over at Trady Web Guys is, is, is very heavily related to conversion you can't see. Because if you've got traffic on your website, we can measure that. If someone calls a phone number off a Google ad, we can measure that. If somebody, um, you know, fills in a web form, we can measure that. Measure that. But what it, what you can't, uh, as accurately measure is you know how many of those people were going to your website before and maybe not quite just getting the amount of information that they wanted and not taking the next step or maybe they didn't believe something that was on there and they went off somewhere else or maybe there's nothing inspiring for them to become part of your you know nurture campaign or whatever it might be 
So there's conversions there that happen all over the place and there's always ways that you can improve these things. And the key word in basically anything to do with marketing is optimization. But, you know, it's really important that you guys understand that, you know, this is an ever evolving ecosystem and there's no, there's no right or wrong with it. It's, it's a constant work in progress. It's like, um, it, it's like showering, you know, it's not like, oh, I've done it. I'm done now. Like you always got to do it, right? There's always ways to improve and test and measure. So what I want to talk to you guys um, primarily today about is, well, okay, that whole, you know, you're not who you are, you're who Google says you are in the sense, and that's a little bit tongue in cheek, of course, that doesn't, that doesn't imply that you can be a really crappy business operator and, and still expect to, um, you know, make bank if Google likes you. But the point I'm trying to make is be present where your customers are and, you know, for the better part, most businesses that we speak to, Brian, uh, they're very good operators. They're just really bad at telling their story. And like telling that story is a prime way that you can that you can build trust and rapport. And trust and rapport is one of the biggest conversion factors you will ever have in working in your advantage or disadvantage, I should, I should add. Um, yeah. You know, when it comes to anything to do with business, and you would know that better than anyone. So um think guys how can i how can i how can i be building trust how can i be building rapport how can i be show like positioning myself as an expert within my given space so there's a lot of um yeah can i, can I just jump in there because there's a first of all congratulations on employing that number of staff in the last several months that is that's a tribute to you matt and uh, mm. It's, it, it's examples like that that we need to drive the economy. And I suppose that's my point, having been lucky or unlucky enough to be through several several recessions over the decades. And uh, so that's where you gain ex life experience that you can't replace, I suppose. But when I look back at what I think was the nearest comparison with the current one, it was the one in the early 90s when Paul Keating was our, was our, uh, our treasurer, uh, Bob Hawke was the Prime Minister, the infamous Bob Hawke, reading his biography last week, but um, also that they did absolutely change our financial system. And uh, the, I suppose one big difference today is we don't suffer in the same way with this recession as we did then, because, because the authorities, the reserve banks and so forth, are able to, to manage the economy far better. But nevertheless, it doesn't mean that we don't have the same horrendous outcomes but what i saw in the 90s we were we were our two business partners at that time in perth with the franchise alliance and we we started six of our own franchise groups over a two-year period and we were just so fortunate it was luck um, because it took off because the demand for new businesses and services was massive and we're seeing the same now we all know that every builder's got three months work on their plate and the same goes for suppliers and everyone else. But doesn't mean you can't afford to relax because and I know I'm taking a bit of your time here, but the reality is historically in business, particularly small business, you work on your marketing, your branding. It's a bit like the e-myth with Michael Gerber. You're a technician. You're great at your job. But what do you like with your marketing, the, the management of your marketing? And um, I suppose it's, it's really there's a bit of common thread there in the model. But um, look back to you, Matt. Uh, sorry to steal well, your thunder there. No, I mean this is a, it's a first of all, um, is your podcast, so you can talk over me all you want. And and sec <laughs> second of all, um, it, it, a testament to like uh, your experience and going through a lot of these things. And I, I would probably 
be be willing to say without even asking you that you know there's there was a lot of valuable lessons that you've learned going through these other crises, um, and in in fact probably even the government you know like the lessons the government learned and they're able to sort of mitigate to a degree you know the you know the level of impact on these situations. I mean some people out there were going what are you talking about I lost my entire business blah blah, blah. and that's true some people did but um, you know it, it, not every business was. Um, I mean, a lot of businesses were a lot more affected than others, of course. But the point I'm trying to make is, you know, people do learn from experience, right? And and businesses do learn from experience. And governments, apparently, um, can also learn from experience. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that. so the whole, um, that whole conversation, you know, in relation to, you know, like the marketing side of things. I mean, okay, so I'll put my, from my own story, right, where I went through in a plumbing apprenticeship, um, and I, you know, finished my plumbing apprenticeship and then I did the licensing course and I got my license and then that was it. It was like, okay, cool. Now you can go start a business. And that's basically what it was. It was like, now you've got your license, you can go start a business. And that could not be any further from the truth. Like mm. you, you, you had just because you've got a license to carry out your trade on your own by no way gives you the, the, the qualifications or the skills required to actually run a business. And none of those things are taught at, you know, college or at TAFE or whatever it is, wherever you guys are in the world, listening to this. So it, the onus is on, you know, us to really take that step and go, okay, well, if I'm going to go into business, I need to learn business. Um, and, and it's one of the reasons why I have a podcast for the, <laughs> because of that exact reason. Like I just didn't know where that information lived otherwise, but you've got to go and invest in yourself. And it takes a certain type of person that actually wants to invest in themselves um, like everyone loves the, the the grandeur idea of running a business, you know, but um, when, when, when it comes to, when it comes to crunch, like not, there's not as many people actually are willing to put the time in to learn the things they need to learn. Um, and, you know, one thing, and you probably be able to shed some, some light on this, um, Brian, because, you know, I've got, I've got a lot of clients and colleagues and things will ring up and they'll say, oh, you know, I wanted to know, um, you know, can you share with me your H, that, this HR process? And I say, well, I can share with you this HR process, but none of it will mean anything to you because you haven't been through it. Like you don't understand the, the development of it. You don't understand where it's all come from. You haven't read the books that I've read, which have led to me developing these. So like people really, like they, they sort of want to take the shortcut very often. And I encourage you guys, like, and I'm sure like with the franchise model, you know, one of the great things that I've seen in the franchise side of things is the training that comes with it and the education that comes with it and the explanation. So you kind of get the education with the tool, which I think is really valuable. Whereas, you know, if you're just going out there trying to get the tool, um, then you're never going to understand the education. And if you're just going out there reading the books and you don't actually apply the tool, then you're never going to implement anything. So <laughs> like, it's yeah, a, it's a, it's why so few people are really successful in business, I think. You know, the, the reality is, you know, we know this, the horrible statistics, you know, within five years, 60% of businesses have closed down, 80% within 10 years, and the 10, 20% that survive are because they do apply more. You know, they do it, as you said, you're so right there, they invest in learning, they invest in learning the processes of business. It's not just being really good on your tools as a technician, it's creating the business, creating the, 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 the reputation, um, as you say, building up the skills to make rapport with people and, and have conversations that people enjoy rather than hearing a grunt here and a grunt there and 
you know, over expectations from the point of view of sales questions and so on. So, sure. um, you know, and looking, looking at the opportunities now, I mean, now is absolutely ripe as far as I'm concerned. If I were a farmer with, with fruit in the orchard, I'd be looking, and, and they were businesses, this is my analogy, I'd be looking now and rubbing my hands because there's so much up there for you to harvest. And I, I look at a comparison, you know, we all know Domino's. Now, um, Jack Cowan, who was the main funder in Domino's, I worked with them about 20 years ago. They went broke twice. Um, <laughs> but they, they were bought from the administrators. And around the time of the GFC, um, Dom, who's the CEO, um, they invested heavily in tech, way beyond what anyone else was doing. And it's put them in an amazing position in the market to the point where Domino's Australia own the rights to about 17 countries, I think, at this stage. Wow. So they've done that off of tech. <laughs> on a, on, in a market, you know, I don't think anywhere could be much more competitive than $5 pizzas, for goodness sake. But, um, you know, it's amazing. And they're still growing. Um, and you know what they've done really well? And, I mean, I, I know nothing about the story, although I must admit it is kind of funny. The, the, the CEO of Domino's, his name is Dom. Um, their, their, their customer experience is unmatched. And like, I, we don't often order Domino's pizza, I must admit, but when we do, I love it. Like I love getting on the app. I love like the, the whole booking system, the tracking system, like everything is just like, it's flawless. And yeah, I mean, I know that's like one part of their app, of course, uh, one part of their, you know, um, tech stack, of course, there's a whole bunch of other things that come into play from a, you know, from the pizza production side of things, but like, that's their that's their differentiator, and that's potentially what stopped them from going bankrupt. You know, the, the fourth time. You know, um, absolutely. And what they learned was something that Tom Potter, someone else from the pizza space, uh, he founded um, uh, Crust. Was it? No, my 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 mind's gone blank for a moment. Um, anyway, he 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 founded a pizza chain, <laughs> and he said when he started, he started off in Albury Wodonga. Um, and uh, he said, I've gone from making pizzas to being, to being a people manager. Sure. And that's what people in business and you would see all the time with a technician. The, the skill of moving into people management is one of the biggest and most demanding things. And that, that's where the training and the mentorship is so impossible. So, so such a challenge. Eagle um, boys. Eagle boys. Thank you. <laughs> um, I'll be embarrassed if you're listening to this. Tom, I'm sorry. About that. <laughs> of course, he's listening. Um, yeah, and, uh, well, I mean, this is like, and again, this is another complete segue. In, in truth, this is, um, and I don't know if, if if you don't want to go down this path, you can you can you can uh, reel me in here. But you know, at, at some point, and this is something that I say to our you know our, our community and our listeners and viewers all the time, and even our clients, you you as the business owner are going to go through multiple stages in your business where your role and your responsibilities uh, will shift and do shift constantly. And so last year, I spent the entire year writing process so that then getting our HR, you know, um, you know, pr process and workflows and everything down to a T um, so that when we could pull the trigger at the end of the year, we could, you know, we could um you know bring in a whole new bunch of new clients and we did that and like that was my role last year and then this year my role is really on the sales side of things and so i've taken my you know i've processed that out and i've moved into this new section of the business 
so it's ever evolving and and it's always the way and what tom basically says is true and you know as, as your business evolves you know you're you essentially become a people manager and you know and we had a workshop at the weekend one of our kickstart franchise training workshops and um david mcdermott who's our business coach but also uh, works with our clients on leadership i mean he went through a session there just illustrating to people you know the right way of running meetings for example which very very few people do even right up to the large executive organizations um yeah. how to handle those sort of challenges with team members when things aren't going right um you know discreetly and appropriately so you don't upset others um th those sorts of things are just so important and they're not something we all know inherently absolutely not like and that was one thing that you know, one thing that I had to dial in last year as well, like, okay, what does our meeting cadence look like? And what do the meeting structures look like? And now we've got it all very clearly documented and there's no, like all the meetings have a purpose. Everyone knows what they're for. Everyone knows what they have to bring to those meetings. They know how long they're going to take. They know like how everything's going to be out, actioned off the back of it. But the, the point is, you know, I spent seven or eight years just floundering with these things. And then I went out and looked for information and resources that could actually help me not only learn, but create a process and implement something that I could use. And, you know, through reading books like, you know, Gino Wickman's Traction and all these amazing books out there, you know, they, they do give you a really good, like, you know, step into, you know, meeting cadences and all these kind of things. And I took that and developed it into what, in, in, into something that works for us. And now we've got this amazing meet, meeting cadence and everyone loves it. And there's this, it, it just works really well. And there's no time wasting. Um, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a real breath of fresh air. And in truth, like, my experience with meetings until I had that framework was they're just a waste of time yeah. because they were a waste of time. It would just rock up and people would talk about what they wanted to talk about. And there was never really any structure or outcome, you know, off, off the back of it. Um, it's why I say to, I mean, and for the listeners and viewers out there, they're probably, you know, well aware that, you know, if, if you go to like, you know, you get representatives for like sales reps or something from companies and they're like, oh, let me come buy you a coffee. It's like one of their KPIs is how many people can you take for coffee? And it's like, I'm not meeting you for coffee. I don't, I can have coffee in my, in my office. Like what's the point of this meeting? You know, like it, it's just ridiculous. So like, yeah, I completely agree with you. But again, like that information is, is out there. You just need to ascertain what, what, what it is you specifically want um, you know, to be, to learn about and go and find it. Like it's everywhere. Um, and you know, what Tom's saying about becoming a people manager is, is so true. Like he, as you become a leader, you essentially are leading, you, you are leading people to follow you. And like so much of what I do today now is empowering the leaders within my business. And they, they know it, they know what I'm doing. Like they, they can see it and they love it, you know, cause I'm empowering them to become better leaders of their team and their team appreciates that. And they can see that, everyone's invested and everyone's sewing into each other, you know, from their head down. So um, it's, it's a very valuable lesson. Which, which segues well into, I suppose, your skills and techniques and the point of view of, you know, a, a tradie or a business owner, getting their story across to give it credibility and then how they lead and it's leadership again, how they lead the conversations and, 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 and assessing their, their leads they've got leading it through to conversion. What could you like to add about that process? Yeah, I mean, I, and I would say to you guys out there that don't have a defined sales pipeline, get one. Like there's millions of programs and softwares out there that can do it. And if you're a tradesperson, you can reach out to us and we've got a, we've got a product that does it. 
like an app and it's brilliant, but essentially like you want to know where your leads are within, you know, the sales within your sales process. And given that, you know, some businesses have a considerably different sales pipeline, sales pipeline length, timeframes, et cetera, to others. For example, with emergency plumbers, you know, sales pipeline length is days, whereas a residential builder could be years, you know? So you need to get, you need to understand like from the customer journey perspective, well, like from the moment they come to me with the initial inquiry and to the point where they actually sign on the dotted line could be years down the track. So what are you going to do during that time to be front and center, to be relevant, to be recent, to be frequent? Like, what are you going to be doing? So most people, 99% of business owners will, they'll send the proposal initially and then you won't hear from them again. And we know that 99% of, you know, trade businesses don't follow up. Um, so, and follow up can form, I suppose, and, and the, uh, the immediate, like where we go to immediately with follow up is, hey, did you get my proposal? Hey, did you get my proposal? Hey, did you get my, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is, well, you've sent the proposal because you've already built some kind of a relationship. They already know, like, and trust you to a degree. So what are you doing as touch points to make sure that you're adding value and you're investing in that person in relation to things they're interested in between the time to come to you and, you know, the time they sign the dotted line. So when I talk about, you know, this whole conversation around you are who, you know, you're, you're not who you are, you're, you're who Google says you are. What I'm, it all starts with um, being relevant and being um, like, and educating essentially, because, you know, that whole cold cell, um, you know, uh, technique is is long dead if you ask me um you know like people we live in the information age and people are coming to you for information and you as the business owner have an obligation to provide that and if you don't you're not only letting the you know that prospect down you're letting yourself down because like you're a step away from somebody who's going to do it better than you and that's where the that's where the you know the wallet's going to be pulled out so I would say to you guys, get, and I say this to all of our clients, get better at telling your story. And the, the irony is, as business owners, we inherently think because we do this every single day, that what we do is boring. <laughs> but the reality is far from the truth, because your customers do not think what you're doing is boring. If you're in the home renovation space, they want and they want to get their home renovated. They're interested. Trust me, <laughs> it's going to be possibly the second biggest investment they'll ever make in their entire life. They want information. Give them information, and you know this. This is relevant to any industry. I, I can promise you that. Like, you don't have to go. Um, like, you don't have to take that. We, we, we immediately have that mentality of, well, what I'm doing is boring and no one wants to hear about it, but it's boring to you because you do it every day. Like frame up the stories, frame up the results, like talk about the projects that you've done and the, you know, the outcomes that they've achieved and, you know, before and after snapshots of, you know, what, what customer, what Sally said, what was experiencing when she came to us and what she experienced after she left, you know, and use that in your storytelling. And that forms a really solid, foundation for content creation 
And when we talk about content creation, you probably immediately navigate to, oh, blogging and all this kind of stuff. And it can be, but like at the crux of it, if you've got a great way to tell your story, that is going to get a far better engagement than any blog ever will. So we all have, we all have these stories, but we just don't tell them as well as we should. And it's a huge trust and rapport builder, especially going back and looping back to what I was saying earlier with the conversions that we can't see. Because if you get a customer that goes to your website and they can immediately see all these amazing jobs that you've done and they can relate to some of them, that's job done. You can't, first of all, you can't make that stuff up. It's got photos of the jobs. It's got happy client testimonials. It's got a video walkthrough. It's telling the story. And then you've got um, like that does the selling for you, right? So by the time they actually get on the phone, they're like, it'll, 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 instead of being, hey, what do you guys do exactly? It'll be a conversation of, I saw the job you did at Fairlight Place. That's exactly what we want. When can we meet? You know, it's a very different conversation. So I would, what I say to you guys is first and foremost, if that part of your marketing doesn't become part of your process, then it will always get relegated in the list of important things to do right behind going to the pub on Friday with the boys. So make it part of your progress process. And it doesn't matter who does it. Like when I say to our clients, I don't care if we do it. I don't care if you do it. Just someone do it. <laughs> Get it done, right? I don't care who does it. Stop making excuses and do it. So, yeah, that's kind of... Something else I know you, you, you're really on the ball with, and that is, you know, the old-fashioned sales used to be find out an objection, overcome it, get your foot another inch in the door sort of approach. You know? And that was very much, I suppose, you'd, we always consider it to be the sort of American approach from the 60s and 70s, uh, but it still prevails. You know, the car industry, for example, is a classic. The mm -hmm. real estate industry, but how do you look at preempting or solving those objections that people have so that they're satisfied and overcome before you even have to answer them, before they raise the question? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's the easiest thing in the world to do. And you'll never have those conversations because you've already answered it through content. So you create content relevant to those, you know, those queries or those questions or those projects or those objections or whatever it might be. And so I'll, I'll give you, I'll, I'll put that into perspective for you. So when I launched our digital agency, Trady Web Guys, we would always get objections about price or what the process is or um, how does this work? How are we onboarded? Um, why do we do this? Why do we do that? Blah, blah, blah. Now we just have all of that stuff available as content and we use it in our onboarding process. We use it in our pre-onboarding process. We use it in our, um, we use it in our um, like discovery sessions. We just eliminate all of those obstacles before we even get to the point where it becomes uh, an objection. And that's what you guys should be doing as well. And you can do it on websites through things like FAQs. You can do it through just general content. Like, okay, what, what is our... COVID safe policy. Like if you don't want to have that conversation with something, with someone, stick it on your website so they can read it before they speak to you. Problem solved. <laughs> stick it in. Absolutely. All Absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, I know you're a master at that process of building up that sort of trust and rapport, the relationships and, 
and you know that's that's where that's really the I suppose the crucible of where big, good business comes from. So um, uh, perhaps you'd like to expand a little bit more on I suppose your thoughts about the sales cycle and and, you know, mm-hmm. and making the process a human process as opposed to what can be digitally sometimes a very cold and mechanical yeah. thing. Um, so what's your on so that? the reason that I always start where we have, which was, is with content. So we're talking like essentially, you know, how to please Google. So a lot of this, although this conversation is steered towards Google, um, you know, it always starts with relevant content. And so the, on, on the flip side of things, you see a lot of, you know, websites, for example, that have, you know, a huge, you know, they might have hundreds of blogs, okay? But those, you and I both know, if there's a blog on a plumber's website, it's there for SEO. Like, no one's going to a plumber's website to read their blog. It just doesn't happen. But people will go and see a project gallery, and they will love that, and they will stay on that, and they'll do that all day. So I say to you guys, if you want to be, um, you start with being useful and relevant. So make sure that, um, you know, the content you're creating, your listeners actually uh, want information on. And then once you've got that content created, you can apply SEO principles to it so that it does stand out in search. And you can also dress content in many different ways. And you can dress project galleries and, and jobs that you've done in many different ways. For example, we have a plumbing, we had a plumbing client, you know, going back a couple of years, we still have that same client, but we, we were, every month we try to do these project galleries for them. And I said to him, you know, what have you done this month that we can create a project on? And he said, nothing, we've done nothing this month at all. And I said, okay, well, what are you, what are you doing? What did you do yesterday? For example, and he goes, nothing. We just did a block drain. And I'm going, okay, well, where did you do a block drain? He goes, just down in Kirribilli in, in, um, in Sydney. I'm like, Really under the Harbour Bridge somewhere. So yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, around near the Parliament House. Uh, yeah, and I'm like, oh, in the historical foreshore of Sydney, in the you know heritage listed area. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I'm like, so all of a sudden we've got this. I've done nothing but clear a block drain to this you know project spin where you know. We, we clear the block drain of a heritage listed property down on the foreshore of the iconic Sydney, Sydney Harbour. Like it's the same shit, but it's a different spin on it, right? <laughs> so take the blinkers off with these things. And as business owners, we do, we have blinkers on sometimes because going back to what we, you know, we think out what we do is boring, but we're just not, we're just looking at it with these, you know, polarizing lens sometimes. So um, yeah, I mean, in terms of the, the sales, the sales cycle and the sales process, I would start with once somebody comes in to your sales pipeline, nurture them. Like, don't just this isn't a once and done situation. Like, give them information that can improve their position and improve their you know understanding of what it is you do, driving them to make the next decision. So, um, Matt, we, we obviously, we, we're connecting well on this. We could probably run for an hour and 40 minutes, um, but we're running close to time. So what I'd like to do in, in summarising is perhaps, perhaps what would be your advice to someone listening to this who says, well, you know, I think I do need to look at what I've got, you know, my website or what I do on social media or blogging. What would be the three first things you would say to somebody what they should do here and now to start addressing those issues to make sure they're up in the top 10, 20% of their particular um, industry set. The first thing that I'd be doing is making sure that I've got a clearly defined 
process and whether it's a tech, a piece of technology, whether it's a whiteboard, whatever it is, just make sure you're tracking leads and you're putting them through some sort of sales pipeline. Again, I'm not like, I, I think the technology is probably a conversation that can come towards the end of, you know, end, end of like the, this mindset once you've got it down, like you go, oh, okay, let me find a tech to do this. But the point being, understand where your leads are coming from, understand at what stage, at what stage in your sales pipeline they are currently in, and then understand how you can progress them through that. Very likely, it's going to be through information and touch points. So then go, okay, well, then how can I create information or projects or touch points or whatever that's relevant to this person at this stage in my pipeline? And then you go, okay, well, let's go create that. So then the next time someone comes in there, you go, hey, check this out. This might be of interest to you. This might be of interest to you. Cool. Thank you. And then they, that might move them through to the next stage. Or they might say, oh, cool. Yeah, how about we have that conversation again? I'm ready to pick up where we left off, like whatever it might be. So the first one would be understand and document your sales process. Second of all, it would be um, create useful and relevant content towards that specific person in that specific stage of your pipeline. And then the, I'd say, probably the third and final thing is just get comfortable telling your story and empowering your team to do the same thing. If you have a team, if you don't have a team, do it yourself. But like you can't, and I say this to people all the time, I don't care if you're not comfortable on camera. I don't care if you don't like being in photos. I'm not talking about what you're comfortable with. I'm talking about the result, right? Just get used to it. Like the first time that I ever did a podcast, it was terrible. It progressively gets better after you do more and more. I don't, didn't like speaking on stage, but if you do it more and more, you get better at it, right? So the point is make it part of the process and just get it done. Like it's a skill. So what, you know, there's, and, and the, the common, and we get that objection all the time, Brian. And I simply say to our guys, you could sit there and you could talk to your clients about this stuff until you are blue in the face and if I hold this little tiny gadget up in front of you, you clam up and turn into a little school kid. So like, there's no difference. Showcasing your expertise is the, is the point. And you know you're good at it because you can do it to your clients all day. So I'm not saying everyone has to create video, but I'm certainly saying like it, but it starts somewhere. Okay. If it's a, if it's a written page, whatever it is, but like, if you want to stand out from your competition, you're going to have to do something that's different to what they're doing. Yeah, no, that, that's brilliant. And you're absolutely right with the video stuff. I mean, we all clam up occasionally in front of a camera. It's one of those strange psychological things. I think, I think we're, you know, if, if you're fairly modest and, and humble, I suppose, you know, we're all a bit hesitant in talking about ourselves. But as you quite rightly say, that's what people are interested in. You know, we forget that we've all actually got a lot of wisdom in our craft, you know, experience times multiplied by time equals wisdom and uh, you've got to share that and the fact that you don't enunciate it clearly and it's not the you know maybe not the best on camera that's let people see you as you are um, and i think that's the name of the game um, exactly right but look thank you so much i really appreciate it matt um there's, there's so much there that you've got now, i'm sure there are people who've got questions that would like to perhaps get in touch with you is that something that you're happy to to, to facilitate if someone would like to learn a bit more about what you do and so on? Sure. I mean, the best place to probably get hold of me in truth is like in our Facebook community. So if you head across to Facebook and you search the site shed, there's a private group there, jump into that. It is kind of for tradies. So um, um, if, you, if you're not a tradie, go and listen to the podcast. Again, the podcast is the, the site shed podcast. 
is a, um, a business podcast for small business. There's over 330 odd recorded episodes, published episodes with 360 odd in the backlog. Like there's a lot of them. Wow. Um, <clears throat> so go and go and check them out. Um, it's free. You can listen to it on any platform, Spotify, iTunes. There's, it's all videoed on YouTube. Like you can do the whole shebang. So, um, and if you guys wanted to have a conversation, if you are a tradesperson and you do want to have a bit of a conversation about maybe next steps, we have an opportunity assessment. So essentially what we do there is we put, pull together this, um, a whole bunch of different audits to try and showcase to you where your biggest opportunities and your best low hanging fruit lies. And you can head across to tradywebguys.com.au forward slash grow. It's G-R-O-W if you want to go fill that in. But otherwise, yeah, just reach out. Um, any of the Facebook handles, uh, social media, with the site shared for the podcast and we're Trady Web Guys for everything in terms of the digital agency. So we are not hard to find, Brian. Well, I think anybody listening will realise you've got your bases covered well. So, um, And I would commend anyone goes and has a look because just in looking at the way that Matt does present his content on, on his different sites there is really, really interesting. And I, I, I believe it's a bit different to what you see in most cases. Um, it's easy to read, easy to understandable. It looks really professional and it gives you the idea immediately that you're dealing with somebody who knows what they're doing. Um, and, I'll, give, uh, I'll give you all a red hot tip before we close out. When you are creating content, um, make sure it passes what I call the mum test. And that is write content that your mum will understand. And because uh, very often as business owners, we get caught up in writing content that we think we would want to read, but we don't we're not considering the fact that the people that are reading it don't have the experience and the background that we have in relation to these products. So essentially what I'm saying is ditch all the technical talk, dull it down and talk to someone who has absolutely zero idea what you do. And that will serve you very well. And that's, that's, that's lovely. And I like the, the mum test. It's the equivalent to the political pub test. <laughs> um, so that's one I'll start to get. So there we are. The mum, if you take anything from this, <laughs> yeah, send it to your mum first. That's the first and, and and talk to your mum. <laughs> or the nearest, the nearest equivalent. But uh, exactly. Matt, it's been brilliant. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Um yeah, the, the, this will be um, available um on the various uh, platforms. Um so I look forward to you seeing those at any time. Anyone got any comments, get in touch with me, um, or indeed with Matt through his through his channels there. And look forward to speaking to you all again in our next Franchise Radio Show. So cheerio, Matt, and thank you. Thank you. Bye.